0: One of the things that always bothered me was why some salespeople are so brilliant without sounding at all like a salesperson. You know, there's just no smarminess in them, there's no pushiness, and yet they're just like easily people just eat out of their hand. And so I worked for a company for a while called Resmit and designed their sales training by going around the country and even into Europe and following their best salespeople around and then documenting what they do.
1: I'm Janet Emmett host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast, and a digital presence advisor at Humble Zone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit HomestudioMastery.com And how you, too, can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today, we get to speak with Linda Schneider. She has been doing internet marketing since 2006 and has the distinction of having one of the oldest account numbers on GoDaddy. She currently runs a subscription business for real estate agents that generates more than $10,000 a month, while working less than 10 days a month. Her passion is what she calls leveraged income, or making a lot more money than the time you put in. So let's dig in and learn a little more about how Linda got started in this journey. Linda, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
0: It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Looking forward to actually talking with you a little bit about something else other than what we talk about during our uh, (laughs) mastermind.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those masterminds have been great because they help us grow and it also easier to see that not everybody's got it made Mm -hmm. right so it's it's easier it's easier to see the the facade but but it's harder to know like what everybody's going through and that's what i have realized like as i've talked to so many people over the years and when i meet somebody in person and seeing that they've made it they've kind of got it made with millions of followers on youtube and instagram whatever but then the human element still shows through because after all, we're all humans.
0: Yeah, so true. And being part of a mastermind is pretty cool because you do get to see what other people go through. But you also get to realize that you can do so much more. And so whatever you've gone through to get yourself where you're at, there's always another thing you can do. And that's kind of pressuring. But at the same time, it's fun. If you're an entrepreneur, you, you like looking forward.
1: No, one hundred percent. And and what's funny is that I was just talking to my friend, and I was telling him, "Hey, I want to do, I want to add this piece to my podcast. I want to add this piece to my podcast, and I want to do this with my guests." And and I was like, "It's never ending." And he's like, no. "Well, yeah, it only ends when uh, you die."
0: <laughs> <What? It laughs> seems like sense. that for entrepreneurs, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. So tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before. And I I know that my audience hasn't heard of you before. So we'll do like a combination of both. And, you know, go right into it.
0: Okay, well, uh, since nobody's heard of it before, on this podcast, that'll be easy. I started ages ago as an instructional designer and worked for a company called Franklin Covey for a long time. And they did the seven habits of highly effective people. And I designed training and I would go out and do customized versions of that for companies. So we have like the J.B. Hunt trucking version of seven habits of highly effective people. I, I loved that life, uh, but it was a road warrior life. And so I decided I wanted to scale back on that. So I got a job as a real estate trainer and ended up twice as often out on the road. And it was a lot of fun all over the all over the U.S. and nice. Canada doing real estate trainings for a um, a, a company that does uh, coaching. Mm-hmm. And, but I would have these live sessions; they would be day long sessions. Absolutely loved it. I'm like a lot of introverts. I like to be out in front of a big crowd of people. Uh, just you know, that's I'm done. Once once the crowd is is done, I'm done. I want to go then. But uh, that again, got old when you're on the road uh, two weeks of the month, month after month, after month, and you've got little children at the time, like I did, then you, it's time to scale back. So that's I well, you know, I've got all this real estate training experience. Let me get my real estate license. And I did. And that was great until it wasn't. (laughs) And then the real estate market crashed in 07. Mm -hmm. And by 09, I was out of business. Wow. Yeah. And, it, at also at the time, all training from corporate training to private training, everything was gone. It just dried up. That was like wow. the first thing on the chopping block. So having uh, having lost all that and having no potential for regular employment at that point, I needed to do something. Hmm. So being an instructional designer, I popped on to, it was Elance at the time. Now Elance, it's Upwork. yes, I remember. It was Odesk for a while. Now it's Upwork. And uh, so I just started researching and that's when I discovered how much work it takes, how much science goes into even just doing freelance work
1: successfully.
0: So I'm a studier and a researcher. So Mm -hmm. I dug in and learned what it takes to, to get to win successful bids and studied it. Basically, that became my work is to learn how to do that. And I was successful and I ended up getting in one, two, $3,000 uh, short gigs. And that was what got us through until one day somebody from my old training company, the real mm-hmm. estate training company called and said, Hey, can you write us a newsletter? And I said, sure. How much you pay me? They mm-hmm. will give you $600 a month. You just write the newsletter for us and, and uh, away we go. So I did that for a few months. Until the light bulb went off, and I said, "Huh, how much are you charging people for this newsletter?" And they're mm-hmm. they're like, 49 you know, 49 to fifty nine dollars a month." Hmm, you pay me six hundred dollars. How many people do you have uh, subscribing to this? Yeah. Oh, somewhere around uh, fifteen hundred. Hmm, I'm doing the math real quick. I'm <laughs> thinking, huh, like- <laughs> I could charge a whole lot less. Write a better newsletter because they were kind yeah. of controlling me, and I'm thinking that's not what people want. Yeah. And uh, I ended up writing my own newsletter and at first I put it out for $9 a month. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to, this was my strategy actually for freelancing too. I'm going to start super low so that I can be super successful for my first few and then I'm going to blow it up. So I did that and I actually went and put it on Fiverr. Mm. as a, a newsletter that I would tweak for you. I'd do the, all the newsletter for you. It'd be all ready to go. And then you can look at it and you can say, I want this article in or that article, whatever. So at the time, Fiverr was just getting started. And so mm-hmm. they promoted my gig for me on nice. paid advertising. So I was one of those lucky ones, just yeah. blew up, just took off. And uh, so then I quickly got my own website and mm-hmm. and started selling my own real estate newsletters to agents and built that into a really quite lucrative business now and that's where i'm at i've been there for nice. about uh, six seven years at this point and that's uh, so that's that's my journey up to now
1: wow so real estate training is all you're focusing on
0: real estate newsletters
1: is that because okay real estate newsletters And that's because you've been in the real estate industry, you did training for the real estate industry industry. So you have a lot of uh, what's that word knowledge in that space?
0: You know, it it's, it's not just that, Mm -hmm. because what I'm doing doesn't work for all industries, I can't go out and do this for the plumbing industry. Okay. Uh, Plumbers, They don't have the income. They're not independent. Mm -hmm. You know, for the most part, they're not out there independently looking for uh, clients. Mm -hmm. They just do a job. You know, somebody calls them and and they come out and they do their $60 tweaking or whatever, and they're done. For the most part, this is a client-based service. So real estate agents, one, they have a lot of money or Mm -hmm. they would like to have a lot of money. Yeah. So, and they have less time. And so they're used to the idea of of spending money on marketing month after month Mm -hmm. and they don't have a company that's marketing for them for the most part i know there's real estate agencies but they don't really market the individual agent they just market the agency Mm -hmm. and so it this particular business only works for certain kinds of of other businesses right and so that's why it works in real estate i did work on it in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. And I think in the fitness industry, it's a little more hands-on and people are using resources that are already out there. So that didn't, that wasn't as successful. Right. Uh, I think it can still be done. It's just not my, it's not my strength. I'm not, I'm not that interested in it. I think somebody else could take that up and do it.
1: That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you gotta have the interest in writing content for a different industry to be able to make it that yeah nice I love that I love that story I mean and going from one aspect and traveling to then training and from what I heard you've been training for quite some time hmm so how has that helped you or what inspired you to be in the training space
0: I started out Let's see. Uh, how far back do we go? <laughs> <laughs> I think so I started out in. You're working
1: uh, for um, uh, Stephen Covey's company.
0: Well, it goes back before that because I actually started, I went to Japan right after high school. And okay. when I was in Japan, I, I didn't have a job. So I went into a McDonald's and I just found somebody who spoke English and I said, can I have a job here? I mean, I'm right mm-hmm. out of high school, right? Yeah. And they found somebody who spoke German and I spoke German. And so I asked for a job in German. He said, sure. And I became the token uh, sort of American face. And they, yeah. would tape, they would tape what I, what people would order and my response
1: uh-huh.
0: written out on the back of the cash register. And that's how I functioned in that job for a while, about a year. And then somebody said, hey, would you teach me English? Mm. And I said, hmm, sure, I could do that. And so I did that. And then later somebody said, Hey, did you know there's a master's degree in this? And I said, no, I didn't know that. So I ended up going back and getting a master's degree in linguistics and uh, with a specialty in teaching Um, language. And so I found out that I loved teaching through that. And I had a knack for designing experiential teaching, you know, getting people involved in something Mm -hmm, mentally, mm -hmm. physically, so that they would learn it better rather than just, you know, rote repetition. Yeah. And so then I started bringing that into my online training and into my presentations, my Mm -hmm. real estate presentations. And, and it was quite successful at it and found out that I just loved it. I love that interactive element of teaching. And so that's really how I got into teaching.
1: Isn't that beautiful, right? So, uh, because I like to call this the origin story, right? and then as far as back as far back as i can go to then see that the trickle or the the breadcrumbs of where it actually started when i talked to dr lara Jaggett on her podcast she called my episode something about breadcrumbs because i like to link things together and be like okay this is what this is the epiphany which started this whole process of me becoming a beekeeper or going into cycling or going into <laughs> you know building a yeah. home studio is it's, it's all like okay where was the seed planted you know and, and
0: you 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 can't teach it to somebody no you can't teach somebody else their path
1: right you've got to take it yourself that's why it's called a path that's why mm-hmm. it's called a journey and that's one thing that you know i like to tell everybody like hey you got to get started because if you don't get started, you can't get to the destination without you taking that first step.
0: Yeah. And and it's, you know, I try to teach a lot of young people how Mm -hmm. to start their own businesses. Yeah. um, Just as a passion project. And I find that the hardest thing to teach people is the, that it's not easy, that you literally, it's not that it's, It's not that it's hard. It's just more complicated than you think it is. There are more moving parts to it. And and there's always something else to know before, you know, something else. And yes, and people want a plug and play solution. And and Mm -hmm. really, there isn't one that I know of.
1: No, the only plug and play solution is money. (laughs) You plug in some money, hire somebody to do it, and then voila, you know, you've got it done. And it's almost like when I was going to college, I want to take English. Well, there's a prerequisite for you to take this class. I'm like, what do you mean the prerequisite? Like, well, you gotta build a foundation before you actually start studying that subject because, and that's what, that's where the entrepreneurship comes into, right? There's a prerequisite for every single thing. And yeah, you keep digging in, you keep digging in like, okay, oh, 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 I gotta do this before I do that. And that I think that's one of the reasons like people Take a long time to get started is because to keep studying and studying or, or trying to find out what am I missing, but 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 like you said, right? You studied because you love to study. You studied the the aspect of how do I do newsletters? What is it gonna take me to actually launch one? And then you actually you know deployed it and make made that a reality. So not yeah, just thinking. It.
0: I started a website um, a while back that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just wanted to help people. So I, I called yeah. it Beach Bum Income. Nice. And it was just, you know, how do I make some money on the side? I just want to make some money on the side. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I like this space. I like talking to people about this. So I'll start yeah. a little website about that. And I posted some posts about why your fiber gig isn't performing. And I get to this day, I mean, I've totally kind of abandoned that project mm-hmm. for now. but. To this day, because it's still up, the yeah. site, I get post after post or comments, people asking me for feedback on their fiber sites. Yeah, which tells me that there's such a huge hunger out there for it. There's no it money. No, in that space, those no. people are broke. But,
1: <laughs> yes, they are.
0: But there's a lot of interest. Yeah
1: because as more as more and more new, new people enter that space of creating their own fire gig, they're going to look up that same question that you answered like, Oh, here's a really well SEO would page because the the longer you have a page up, the more credibility it has and the more Google's like, okay, this is, this is a source. This is the place to be. Look at all the comments on this blog post or on this site. It gives it, it adds on that uh, credibility over time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what are you looking to do right now, or what are some of the main motivations that keep you going? You did mention that you love helping people, and that's how you got started. So, how is that still going on for you? Is it is it uh, fulfilling? Is it something that still gives you nightmares, or is it is it you know? <laughs> Where does it sit right now?
0: (laughs) I don't think that the work I do with my real estate newsletters fulfills me very much. Mm -hmm. I think that it's something I'm very good at. And I know how to help people. I know how to uh, work in that space. But what I enjoy most is taking a problem that other people might think has an easy solution and peeling Mm -hmm. it apart. Mm -hmm. I don't like quick easy solutions that aren't real i hate i hate to be the person who puts link bait out because sure. you know I, I like to cut to the chase and put the mm-hmm. point down at the, in the title instead of a link baity title that gets people to follow into the yeah. the article i think that my next projects will have to be more passion project oriented i've got uh, i used to teach sales training too of course. And so uh, one of the things that always bothered me was why some salespeople are so brilliant without sounding at all like a salesperson. You know, there's just no smarminess in them. There's no pushiness. And yet Mm -hmm. they're just like easily people just eat out of their hand.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I worked for a company for a while called ResMed and and designed their sales training by going around the country and even into Europe and following their best salespeople around Mm. and then documenting what they do. And so then I designed a training called open-handed selling and it's, it was taking what they do and breaking it apart into some steps. Cause I'm big on NLP on modeling mm-hmm. and training yourself through modeling. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to break down what they did into steps uh, that other people could emulate because I think that the sales function stops so many people from being successful. And so I look at that and I go, I want to help people. Mm-hmm feed their families. And the only way I can do that is to I can do that in a lot of different ways. But the the way I want to do that is by teaching them a skill that they can then use in, you know, in different contexts. And I think of realtors in particular, because a lot of people want to be a realtor. Yeah, but it's cutthroat. It is really hard. I mean, we're, we're talking way more realtors than there are properties for sale right now. It's
1: true. It's true. And so
0: to be successful, you have to be able to sell and it's not just selling in the way you think of selling it's you've got to sell yourself. You've got to sell your, your positioning. You've got to sell people, people being interested in you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm going to bring with open-handed selling is the skill of being able to sell in a way that you're their hero. They're looking for you. They want what you've got and you're going to be able to deliver it to them in a way that makes people feel uh, happy. They found you. Yeah. I think we froze. There we go. No, I got it.
1: Yep. No, I really liked what you said there because they're not, they have to think from the perspective of not just a realtor, but somebody who's there to help people find their perfect home. Right. And then how do you do that? How do you trust somebody? Well, you got to build, and th- this is something that I'm working on myself, right? How to be more approachable. How do we, somebody who is who people like know like and trust right so the more content the more stuff that we put out there makes us not only comfortable in front of the camera and creating content or you know videos or whatever but also helps us uncover who we are trying to hide or who we are internally or what really makes them taken so that's that's been a that's a really good point I
0: like that. That's interesting that that you put it that way, that that it helps you uncover who you are. And, and, and when you can come from showing that, that mm-hmm. it's almost a vulnerability that people are more attracted to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the only way that works is I remember, I've never finished my English composition classes, because I hated to write. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like journaling at all. But then the more I did my own blogging after the more I blogged, the more I wrote, and the more I studied from other people like Matt, M- Malcolm Gladwell on writing and, and James Patterson, they're like, the more you write, the more you're giving your brain the ability to like break loose and you know go mm-hmm. past the, the friction point. And I think that's why they say, hey, the more you journal, the easier it's going to be for you to write more and be more open and and continue to like open up and and with video you're doing the same thing i'm I'm actually doing a 30-day challenge uh next month just so people can become more comfortable in talking to themselves or talking to a camera or talking to one person because like you said you know you want to help people to be more independent be more I'm, I'm missing the words that i was supposed to be saying but be more of themselves so people vulnerable. can yeah. yes be more more vulnerable and the only way you're able to do that is is if you if you find a safe space and you can talk you can talk safely about it
0: and, and one thing that well, i love that idea by the way mm-hmm. that the 30 day challenge being yeah. cuz i i saw you you had that 30 day challenge and i thought well what are people getting out of this? But now that you put it like that, that's mm-hmm. really what it is. It's like yeah. get over yourself, start to get comfortable with making these videos, yeah, and then it'll be a lot easier to launch into whatever it is you're going to do for your your business.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: uh, that's brilliant.
1: Thank you. So
0: writing writing wise, we 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 tell people to free or pre write.
1: Mm-hmm. Free Just writing. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: Don't edit yourself. Just write it all down. You can throw mm-hmm. it away afterwards if you want. Yeah. Um, but it helps. Yeah.
1: It does. I actually was part of, uh, I, I still get these emails. It's called 750 words. And every morning at 7 a.m. They, they send an email like, okay, make sure that you write your 750 words today. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because that gets you into the, you know, that gets you into the, the motion of actually taking time to write and open up. And I think Seth Godin has been writing a blog post for the past 20, 30 years, he has not stopped. Every single morning, he has a blog post out because that helps him be creative and, and you know, pull those things out. Oh,
0: that's motivating.
1: Yeah, it is. Huh. So, Linda, it's been really amazing learning about your journey, the thought process that you put into what you've created. Share some, some three main points that, that our audience can take. And put into action after listening to the episode.
0: Hmm. Decide what you're going to do. I'm really bad at this. Uh, And focus on it. Block everything else out. If you need to give yourself a time limit, do it. I'm talking to myself here. That'd be number one. Number two is it's it's hard for me to, to to put it into words, but you've got to be persistent in a way that, that you can't even imagine. You've got to just really go after something yeah. for a long time and, and ask lots of people questions about it and do your research. So persistence. And a yeah. third thing would be, maybe it's a cliche, but do what you love. Yeah. You're it's not just do what you love. It's like I tell people if you if you could only do one thing and just it made you relax, it's the one thing you enjoy most and you've got all the free time in the world and you just want to do this one thing whether it makes you any money or not, what mm-hmm. is that one thing? Yeah. It might be jigsaw puzzles, it might be going to a party, it might be reading, whatever it is and then you go from there to find sort of your business passion you know, don't take somebody else's idea for a business and decide to adopt it, but come from yourself first and see which businesses fit that first.
1: Absolutely. No, I I love those points. And, And where you said towards the end, right? Find what work, what you're passionate about. And then to add to it, I would say, look at patterns in other businesses and see which pattern might your business fit into. Or like Gary V says, hey, if you want to become somebody who sells products, well, or somebody, sorry, that's very general. <laughs> somebody who, who's into shoes, well, go find somebody who's already selling shoes or who's part of it and learn from that person. And the more you do that, the more the better you get at it. All right, True this, that. I love that. Love it. All right, quick. So we have quick jab questions, and then. We're ready to go. Sweet. Okay. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into?
0: I wish I got more into rock climbing. Oh yes. I'm afraid of heights though. So that was always a problem.
1: (laughs) Rock climbing was a fun hobby for sure. One, what did you want to be when you were a child?
0: A veterinarian. Ooh. Till I realized I couldn't stand the idea of hurting animals, even if it was to help them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. What is your favorite movie or TV show?
0: Oh, goodness. I like Bones, uh, the, Ooh. The, the series, the, the series, forensic yep. scientist detective series. Yes, that's, that a, lot of that's
1: fun. a fun show. My, my wife loved that show as well. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it?
0: What movie would I choose? I'm not much of a movie person. Okay. Probably some kind of an adventure, you know, a mm-hmm. Laura Croft. I'd be Laura Croft. There we saying. go. <laughs> oh,
1: one of my favorite movies. I all have right.
0: to work on the bust and the muscles <laughs> and the looks and all that. You got yeah.
1: it. You got this. <laughs> Who is your favorite superhero or superhero power?
0: Favorite superhero power. Uh, I don't know. Be fun to be invisible.
1: Ooh, I like that one. Oh, yes. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Monopoly. I like that. Where can my audience find you, Linda?
0: If you want to look up my newsletter site, it's fastnewsletters.com. If you want to go see what Beach Bum Income is about, you can go look at that. It's not, I'm not active on there, but it's kind of fun to look at it and see what nice. people are asking about Fiverr. Um, that's pretty much it right now. I hope to have openhandedselling.com uh, soon and launch that business as well
1: dude, that sounds really awesome. Linda, this was a a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you so much for taking us through your journey and sharing the, the three main points of of what it takes for anybody to get started and grow their passion project. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Thanks, Janaid. We'll talk soon. Take care.
1: Take care. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.